cutting-edge guests, awesome, uncensored, jaw-dropping information, plus funny memes, good deeds, and loads of laughter. Kind of have it all. Ladies and gentlemen, if your soul's awake, then welcome, because you're in the right place. Well, Divine Lions and Lionesses, welcome back to the Sovereign Soul Show. You know we all stand for love, levity, and liberty because love is the most powerful form in the universe. It's what the greatest omnipresence of divinity, God, has given us as the best weapon and instrument for us to live our God lives of divine masculine and divine feminine. I'm joined today once again by now a personal friend, Michael Jaco, former Navy SEAL Team 6, 24 years in the Navy SEAL Team's Good guy, CIA, for 11 years, helped literally find Osama bin Laden, has saved many lives, and is crushing it with his show as well. The deep state cabal have come after him, his family tried to poison him, still after him, and speaking about what the cabal is doing as a fellow Canadian and a fellow Polish Canadian who he personally fleed communism in 1981 under the boot of the Soviet communist, Nazi, fascist umbrella, as my grandfather and my grandmother on both sides did from Poland, Ukraine, and France, and Nazi-occupied Europe. Pastor Arthur Pawlowski now is with us. He and his son both face imprisonment at the hands of Castro's little bastard child, Justin Trudeau, and all of his World Economic Forum satanic minions. And he and I are speaking to you from behind the Iron Curtain in CCP-run Canada, the deep state Nazi Luciferians stronghold in Canada. Now, Pastor Archer faces 10 years of maximum security prison for delivering a 19-minute sermon at the Freedom Convoy in Coots, Alberta, and his son now faces a year in prison for reading the Bible at a drag queen story time protest in Calgary, a year for a young man. So folks, make sure you Tune in this show. This is all about humanitarian to help free Arthur Pawlowski to shed light on the demons and help wake up people. There are phone numbers in the description. There is also a link in the description to sign the petition. You can be anywhere in the world, sign the petition. You can call any of the phone numbers in this description, which is to the premier of Alberta, Daniel Smith, which for Americans is like the equivalent of a governor, right? And also the justice judge presiding over Pastor Arthur's case who will decide if Arthur gets 10 years in maximum security prison for delivering a sermon. And Arthur's going to share with you more all about that case. Once again, gentlemen, I am deeply honored to have you join and Arthur to meet you for the first time. Thank you, sir. And God bless you and everybody behind you for standing up to the cabal. Thank you so much for having me on your program. Yeah, thanks a lot. This is, uh, this is a great honor to be here. Definitely a great honor. And gentlemen, what we'll do, we chat in the pre-chat. I'm just going to show the video for those who don't know who Arthur is. For some reason, at this point in time, you may remember this famous video. This goes for about a minute and 27 seconds. And this was in 2021, during the height of the pandemic lockdowns. Please get out. Get out of this property. Immediately get out. Get out of this property immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out. Out of this property immediately until you come back with a warrant. Out. 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 
out, out of this property, immediately out. Immediately go out and don't come back. Don't, I don't want to talk to you. Not a word. Out of this property out of this property immediately out i don't care what you have to say out 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 of this property you nazis out out gestapo is not allowed here immediately gestapo is not allowed do you understand english get out of this property go so go, go, and don't come back without a warrant. Out, Nazi. Out. Out. You understand? Nazis are not welcome here. Out. And don't come back without a warrant. Do not come back without a warrant. You understand that? You're not welcome here. Nazis are not welcome here. Gestapo is not welcome here. Do not come back, you Nazi psychopaths. Unbelievable, sick, evil people, intimidating people in a church during the Passover. You Gestapo, Nazi, communist, fascists. Don't you dare coming back here. Can you imagine those psychopaths? Passover, the holiest Christian festival in a year. And they're coming to intimidate Christians during the holiest festival. Unbelievable. That says it all right there. Pastor Pavlowski, to you. Arthur? Yes. Oh, over to you for comments on that, if you don't mind, and then take us up to where we are today, unless Michael would like to jump in, of course. Wow. Um, interesting times for sure. Of course, as you can tell, I grew up behind the Iron Curtain under the boots of the Soviets in a very peculiar country in Poland. And why is this important? Because we've seen this movie before. I grew up in a city that had a concentration camp uh, from the time of the Nazis when the Germans invaded Poland in 1939. I remember as a kid, I was playing in the bunkers of the SS. I have visited Auschwitz-Birkenau many times. Actually, pretty much every year that I go to organize different Christian festivals, I started about 40 churches, I would go there just as a reminder. It's a, a reminder of what happens when you don't put a check on people's power. And let me suggest something to you. In Canada, we have no checks and balances whatsoever. We have lost accountability. It looks like we are a nation of one political party, full stop. We have the NDP, communists and socialists, uh, psychopaths. We have, uh, I call them the destroyers of economy. We have liberals. They are like Nazis, destroying, killing, murdering Canadians left and right with their eugenics. And then we've got the so-called conservatives that are heading towards the same direction. They're moving, pushing the same globalistic agendas, except they're good talkers. And they're telling you that they're the good guys, but they are taking you to the slaughterhouse. 
So we have just one party playing a political theater, just like I remember growing up behind the Iron Curtain. We had multiple parties under communism, but there was just one party line. You had different names, but they only were allowed to say the same idea, the same thing that the government or the Russia at that time, the Soviets were pushing. So it's a repetition of history. And even when I watched this video and I didn't watch it for a while, I mean, all those, all those feelings come back to me. How dare they? How dare they? Breaking the criminal code of Canada, disregarding our laws, kicking out or throwing out the window, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms that starts with the preamble, whereas Canada acknowledges the supremacy of God and the rule of law, not the supremacy of Trudeau Castro, the modern day Caligula, as my son calls him, but the supremacy of God Almighty that still sits on the throne. That's that supremacy and the rule of law. Now we have kicked out from our society God and we have thrown out completely the rule of law and we have, law we have lawlessness. We have a people that think they are the modern day pharaohs doing whatever they want. And then mainstream propaganda is helping them to literally get away with murder. They're bought and paid for. The justice system lost its head. There is very little about justice, and it's more about system, a grinder that will take you, suck you in for many years, and it will destroy your life, even if you win in the end, because it doesn't matter what the outcome is in the end. Going through the system is the punishment, and that's my story. My story is actually very simple. <clears throat> my parents... <clears throat> decided to, to escape to Greece. And then from Greece, we had a meeting with the Canadian embassy and the officer said to us, come to Canada. Canada is the freest country on earth. And in Canada, no one will ever persecute you for your faith. So we sold everything. We abandoned our friends, our life in Greece. And we were very successful there. And we moved to Canada for freedom, for law and order. And here I am, 340 citations later. 16 arrests later and 120 court cases later when the Canadian government did everything in the power to keep me in prison, to destroy me financially. I was a very successful businessman. We had houses, we had land, everything I had to sell to keep fighting the corrupted to the core system. So People do not know that before that video was recorded, and, and first of all, how it started, well, through years of intimidation, harassment, and charges, I learned a very simple truth, which is a tragic truth, that those people have no honor and they're pathological liars. They will lie, manufacture evidence, they will do whatever it takes to destroy a good man. So I learned very quickly that I have to record interactions with those people, that just in case, if they will say I attack them, and there is seven, 10, my record is over 100 police officers, 52 police cars, 20 cops on bicycle, anti-terrorists, and the chief of police at my church service. So I learned very quickly, I have to record everything that is happening because they have no problem lying 
about what really took place. I would be still in prison if I didn't record some of the encounters with those Gestapos, because that's what they are. They're no longer peace officers, because every time they show up, peace is out the window. They're agitators. They're professional gangsters working for the biggest mafia that there is. They're a muscle for the biggest you know, criminal enterprise that we have in Canada, which is the government. So anyway, going back to the story, do you know that before I recorded that, before I had this encounter with those people, when they entered our church, breaking the criminal code of Canada, section 176, one, two, and three, they were harassing and intimidating me every single week for over a year. I have become the first Canadian to get a COVID ticket in early of 2020. I was told that I must stop feeding the poor because we're in the middle of crisis. I appealed it to the mayor. I appealed it to the premier. I sent emails to the members of parliament, to the ministers, not one reply. I was told you must stop feeding the poor. And I said, people, you don't make any sense. You're shutting down shelters and now you want to shut down soup kitchens. What do you think is going to happen with 15 to 20,000 different individuals roaming the streets of our city looking for food. They will whack your grandma's head. They will break into your car, into your garage, into a grocery store, into your home. You are turning 15,000 people and you're making them criminals, not because necessary they're bad people, but everyone needs to eat. You don't make any sense. If we're in the middle of this great tragedy, this crisis, whatever you want to call it, my services are needed now more than ever. No reply. They didn't care. At that moment, I knew communism, socialism, fascism, or a hybrid, as I call it now, is here. I decided to stand against it. I did not escape communists to find myself under the boots of some other tyrants. And I fought and I became the first recipient of the COVID insanity. They made a big deal out of it. I was all over the news. This pastor, how dare he save lives, feeding the people. He's a super spreader. People are going to die. The whole communities are going to collapse because Arda Pulaski is feeding the poor. That story was continuing. Harassment was continuing. A year later, um, they invaded our church. I kicked them out. They then found they then they find um found crooked judges. The first one was David Gates. David Gates of Alberta, and I don't know if he's related to your devil in the States, Bill Gates, but David Gates of Alberta gave them the power to enter our church with whomever they wish to enter with and any time they wanted to. So they showed up with SWAT team. I kicked them out. They showed up again, kicked them out, showed up again. They found another, a second crooked judge. Uh, I, I, the, his name is John Rook. I call him John Rook the Crook. He is a associate, associate chief justice, so the boss of the judges in the province of Alberta. That devil gave them the power to arrest four and a half million Albertans if any one of them dares to oppose the health inspector. Can you believe it? In Canada, the rule of law out the window. And I have to add something to the story. All of those court proceedings were done in secret ex parte. We were not allowed to enter. We were not allowed to be there. My lawyers couldn't be there. No one knew that they are cooking this stuff. It was all done in secret. And during the proceedings, we found something more shocking. 
that the judges ordered all the equipment, the recording equipment that is always in court, recording what is being said to be shut off. We don't know what was said. We don't know who was part of the conversation. It could be, you know, Putin himself there. We don't know because the judge ordered the shutting of the recordings. There's no record in a court what was said, why, who was pushing what. Then they found another crooked judge, Adam Germain. Believe it or not, the proceedings, of course, I was arrested in the middle of the highway on my knees by anti-terrorists coming from the church. I was arrested for inciting people to come to church, officiating an illegal gathering, participating in illegal gathering. Later on, I was arrested multiple times, over 40 charges, criminal charges for not wearing a muzzle. I was even charged for baptizing my daughter in a river in a public park. It's unbelievable. I was arrested coming from United States, stepping out of the plane. I was arrested and criminally charged for inciting people to come to church, officiating and illegal gatherings, just like I remembered growing up under the boots of the Soviets. Yes. So I toured the United States and I was there for four months um, telling my story because I realized Canadians are not rising up at that time. The, I, I'm, I'm going to be destroyed unless I will be able to rally some support. And if Canadians are refusing to support me, maybe perhaps Americans will. Because historically speaking, Americans are the standard Polish people. I'm a Polish immigrant. I am a, a proud Polish immigrant. I am a Canadian, but I love my country as well, Poland. And our history is a history of resistance. Our history is a history of some neighbors trying to rape us, murder us, and steal our land. And that's the history of United States of America as well. So we are very similar. So when I went over there, I was absolutely treated like a hero. They are the stood right away the concept of freedom of religion, freedom of expression, a freedom of peaceful assembly. I didn't have to explain it to them. They have it in their DNA, in their bloodstream, that governments can become tyrannical. Canadians don't understand that concept. Maybe now more, a little bit more than the past two years. Even when I call them the Nazis, Gestapo, the psychopaths, the, the, you know, the communists, I was highly criticized because they said, you're not nice. Because Canadians are super nice. They want to be nice to everyone. They uh, missed the point that those people were not there because they're nice officers. They were there to break the law. And I have very little sympathy to a government agents when they are openly and willfully break the law in the name of the law. They are hypocrites. They are gangsters. So going back to the story, I, um, I went to the United States. I shared my, my, my story. They kept me after my arrest in the middle of the highway with my brother, David, three days and two nights on concrete. And the first thing that came out of the mouth of that crooked judge, Adam Germain, was like you would be listening to a CBC or CNN reporter. We're in the middle of pandemic and the measures and this and that. We have to protect. Like I, And I turned to my brother. And again, we were shackled like animals there. Feet shackled, treated like the worst of the wars, terrorists in a country. I turned to my brother, David, and I said, he's not a judge, he's a political activist. He's a CNN reporter. 
that's it. He's not representing the law of the land. We're doomed. It's over. There's no chance of survival with this guy. And I was right. I went to the States. I spent four months over there. I came back. I was arrested, stepping out of the plane. And then the judge brought his hammer. Adam Germain found us guilty, guilty of everything. And he commanded us in our beloved Canada, in a free and democratic society, he commanded us to read a script, a government approved script regarding the COVID lie. I was commanded by a judge that I must tell the people that vaccines work, that muzzles work, that six feet, you know, all the garbage that you would hear from CNN and CBC, the judge ordered me to repeat that. And I grabbed the microphone and I said, judge, I never, ever obey your order. Never. And my brother David did, you know, even worse because he grabbed the microphone and says, judge, I hope you're listening to me. You can shove it where the sun doesn't shine. We will never obey this. And I turned to my brother David and said, well, you just killed us. That's it. It's over. And um, I was expecting the sheriffs to come and arrest us, but they didn't. They came later. They arrested me over and over again, coming back from my wife uh, in the middle of the highway. They arrested me in the middle of the snow with my brother, David. And then, of course, I was arrested just because I attended a truck convoy. So here's a little bit of history. I have become during the time, as they called me, the Canada's pastor or the freedom pastor, because I was attending rallies. I was speaking. I was touring. I was doing everything in my power to use my accent, I said to the people, you don't have to believe Art Pulaski. You don't have to, but trust my accent. I've seen this movie before. And unless we change the script, the movie doesn't end when well, and it doesn't end well for you and for your children. Believe an immigrant that have seen this before and thousands of others that are warning you. We had 15 to 20,000 people showing up at our rallies in Calgary. And then the truck convoy came. When the truck convoy came, I received the phone calls. Pastor, would you come and cheer us up? Would you come and bless us? We're going to Ottawa and we need your help. We need our church feeds thousands of people. So we have a you know, portable kitchen and we can feed people. We can feed masses. So they ask us if we can feed the truckers and if we can do a series of church services. And that's exactly what I did. I mobilized the church. My wife cooked chili for them. We had truckloads of food for the truckers. I did the church service in the evening. I did another one in the morning. We prayed for them. We gave them tons of stuff. Off they went to Ottawa, to the capital of Canada. I stayed behind. I really wanted to go with them, but someone had to stay with the people here. We had a momentum. We had 20,000 people every week coming during the rallies. And then the truckers and the farmers organized a protest, a peaceful protest in Milk River and Coots. Coots is your point of entry between Montana and Alberta. And they asked me if I would come and do a church services there. And I gladly did it. And I want to tell you on the record, I'm facing 10 years of imprisonment for that, but I want the whole world to know that was the most beautiful and amazing thing I have ever seen on this side of eternity. If it comes to patriotism and love and people coming together under the umbrella of freedom.
What I saw over there was absolutely beautiful. Children, young, old, men, women, they were coming. Every color, every creed, every faith, atheists, Christians coming together, loving each other, feeding each other, praying with each other, crying, hugging. They were bringing their cats, their dogs, their cats, their horses. It was absolutely amazing. I did the church service there. My son, Nathaniel, was with me. We brought food for them, and we had Lord's Supper, a Holy Communion. We were singing hymns, national anthem. Our CMP was there. Our CMP is like American FBI. They were there. They blocked the street. They were filming me, taking pictures. I had no, I have nothing to hide. I didn't care. And then I went to them and I said, will you open your barricade? Because when I came to Milk River and Coots, the roads were open. And the only blockage was from the police, the RCMP. And in order for me to go to Coots, I had to ask them permission. And I said, would you let me out from your barricade so I can go to Coots? They opened the barricade for me and my son and our worship leader. We went to Coots and I was taken to a private property, a smugglers in a restaurant to deliver another church service. Here's what we did. This is what landed me 50 days in prison and potential 10 years in just a few days. Here's what I did. I had a Lord's Supper, a Holy Communion with the truckers. We prayed for them. We were singing national anthem and hymns, Christian hymns. I had a dinner with them and I delivered 19 minutes mini sermon. Here's what I said. I said to the Canadians, stand up for God and state given rights. Do it for your children, for the future of your children. I reminded them about what I saw with my own eyes, the solidarity movement, which was a peaceful, non-compliance movement. Mahatma Gandhi style, Martin Luther King Jr. style, civil, civil rights, uh, you know, rise up on opposition to the government. I said to them that I witnessed like Valenza standing up and fighting against the government, but not with weapons, not with swords, but simply by refusing to cooperate with the tyrants. 50,000 communists were ruling over 36 million Polish people until the, the millions finally said enough is enough and they took it to the streets peacefully. The only violence that was coming was always from the police, so-called police and the soldiers. People were shot dead. Thousands upon thousands were arrested, but when people had enough. And a few years later, they had their first and free democratic election. In 1989, the Iron Curtain was broken. Berlin Wall has fallen. And Poland had their first free and democratic election since the invasion of the Germans. I reminded the people about history. There's more of us than of them. They don't have enough corrupted police officers to stop us. If millions of people, Canadians will simply say, no, we're not going to cooperate with you. And it was that sermon. 19-minute sermon that few days later, I was arrested by RCMP, like FBI, detectives, Calgary police, uniformed and undercover. I was take a SWAT team with a special cameras unit. They filmed the whole thing. I was interrogated for hours, taken to prison, stripped naked, put in isolation. I was told that I am the most dangerous inmate in the province of Alberta. I was kept in solitary confinement. The next day I was taken and I was placed in metal cages, suffocating. 
And the treatment was continuing like this. Three weeks, they would not allow me to see my lawyers. They confiscated my Bibles and they took my glasses. They would not give me my reading glasses. I was, they did everything they could. I was taken from my isolation to another solitary cell on concrete. No water, no washroom, no bed, concrete. What they wanted to do during that time, they wanted me to sign a document that I'm pleading guilty to one charge. I was told by the Crown Prosecutor, if I plead guilty to one little offense, all of the rest will go away. Here is what I believe they wanted to do. I have become a symbol of resistance. And they wanted to show to the whole world that the symbol is being cracked, that the symbol is bowing, that the symbol is cooperating. 45 days later from my solitary confinement, I was literally kidnapped by the sheriffs and I was taken hundreds of miles away and I was placed in Maxpot. Maxpot in Canada is a place for the most dangerous terrorists in a country. I was the only inmate in the entire unit, unit for hundreds of people. I was the only one. I was told I am super dangerous to the staff and the facility. They cranked the air conditioning. It was minus 28 and I could not sleep. I couldn't function. I was shivering. They said that I am not even allowed to have a pen because I'm considered super dangerous. And the judge learned about what was happening to me. During that time, five different inmates testified to my lawyers that the guards were giving them incentives to murder me, to beat me severely in prison. The judge learned about all of that, and that scared them because Riemann centers are private institutions being paid by taxpayers' money. And believe it or not, if the story was not crazy enough, they took me from Maxpot, and I was escorted to a psych ward. They put me in a mental institution without the evaluation of the doctors and even the knowledge of Alberta Health Services. Totally illegal, Soviet style, North Korea style. That's what they do. That's what I remember they were doing to political dissonance. Eventually, I was released 50 days I spent in jail. I was released on bail and placed on house arrest. I'm talking to you from my home, which I am still under a house arrest. I am not allowed to leave my house for 12 hours a day. I um, have a probation officer. Every time I want to do something with my children, I must have a written permission from my probation officer. Of course, I had to give up a lot of money just to get out of jail. Our trial for the COVID craziness already cost us a million Canadian dollars just to keep fighting the tyrants. And that's, I believe, it's by design. The whole system is to take you to the ringer and then... This the whole journey is the punishment. So finally, we met with the judge in February of 2021, a year later, and the Crown prosecutor accused me publicly that I caused Canadian economy with my 19-minute sermon on private property. And remember, when I came in, the roads were open. When I left, the roads were open. I caused Canadian economy over $400 million worth of damages. The Crown Prosecutor uh, said that my sermon to the truckers, he compared it to a Rwanda genocide. To a Rwanda genocide where hundreds of thousands of people were murdered, slashed to pieces by machetes. 
He said that what I said was like someone inciting murder on other people. And I must be punished as a, as, as a, uh, as a symbol, I guess, as a scapegoat. Month later, believe it or not, the judge agreed with the Crown Prosecutor, Stephen Johnston, the special Crown Prosecutor that has been assigned to harass, intimidate, and to punish all the people that took part with the Freedom Con uh, Convoy. And multiple of us were charged. I'm not the only one. Stephen Johnston, this liar, this manipulator, and the judge watched that. And he agreed with Stephen Johnston and found me guilty on everything. I am the first Canadian ever to be found guilty on inciting mischief, which has 10 years attached to it. I am the first Canadian ever being accused. And now I have been found guilty on eco-terrorism, interfering with the crucial infrastructure under the Defense Act. And, and then, of course, on top of that, they said I breached a release order because I dared to speak to the truckers. So August the 9th, I'm facing sentencing since the judge already found me guilty. And um, he has up to over 10 years at his disposal. Um, and this is not the first time that the Canadian judge has found me guilty. I have been found guilty multiple times. So what is the next step? We're taking it to the higher courts. We are appealing the decision and then the courts of appeal, the Supreme Courts would side with me. But that's years in the making. That's fight with millions of dollars. And, and I think that's the punishment. They just want to finish us off financially. They want to take us through the ringer and send a message to others. Look, well, if we can do this to a pastor for peacefully speaking, on private property, telling people to stand up for the God and state given rights, but do it peacefully. We can do this to him. Can you imagine what we can do to you? Inciting mischief. Here are, here are the shocking things that can happen to anyone now in Canada. A political rival can be charged now with inciting mischief. If another politician will disagree with the ruling party, he can be charged with inciting. If you say to Canadians, come to the rally, rally with me, they can say you're inciting. If a media personality says something contrary to the government narrative, he or she can be charged with inciting. The sky is the limit. My case, it's the most important case if it comes to freedom of religion, freedom of association, and freedom of expression. And I said that so many times to Canadians. You may not like me. Fine, I don't care. This is not a popularity contest. You may not agree with my religion. That's fine. You're entitled to your own fate. But you got to remember, if I go down, you're next. I am a shield between the villains and you. And if people like me will be eliminated, taken down, you're next. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you were a great inspiration for uh, many, many of us around the world. And, uh, you know, I was surprised that Canada went hard on you because everybody was supporting you around the world. How could Canada, like, criticize you and, and do this to you? Uh, but, you know, they're, they're doing it. 
And that's what needs to be, uh, everyone needs to see this. Now, not only you, but uh, there's another Canadian pastor that had to flee to Kenya, Harold Ristov, I believe his last name is. Uh, he had to like move his, same thing. Uh, he gave a speech. He said the Lord's Prayer uh, as a trucker's convoy. That was that was inspirational again for the whole world. A uh, lot of uh, here in the United States, we had a trucker's convoy. They had trucker's convoy all over the world. Uh, it was nothing like the Canadian one, though. That was in, unbelievable. So they wanted to make an example of it. And they wanted to make an example of everyone that was involved in that. So they're seizing people's bank accounts. Uh, Harold Rastow has had to leave because he they were going to seize his money, seize his children's uh, you know college fund. So he, he left for Kenya, Kenya. So that's that's insane to me that uh, the great free North, as we used to know you guys, it is a Gestapo hell right now. It's unbelievable. Yes, yes, it is. It is shocking by any standards. It doesn't matter how you look at the story. It's total insanity, and they're not stopping. I had a report a few days ago, and he asked me a, a very interesting question. Why you? Why they have hammered you like this without the mercy? And I had to think about this uh, because it's a very interesting question. Why a pastor? Well, and here is my answer. For the past three years, what they've done what they tried to do globally was terrorize the people, remove hope from the hearts of the people, segregate them, separate them, isolate them, so they can pound on them like predators they, that they are. And here comes a pastor and he reminds the whole world there is a living God, a God that is just, a God that is true, a God that one day he is the judge of judges and everyone will receive his or her reward. What they did, they tried to deprive, take, steal hope from people's hearts that tomorrow is going to be better. And here comes a pastor and restores that hope. He's telling people that stand up, that history is teaching us when good people stand up, eventually the villains will be judged. Eventually the villains will lose their power. What I was doing, I was giving people hope in the biggest crisis they have ever seen during their life. And that's unacceptable for those that want people to be scared, to be terrorized. Slaves, they are turning us into slaves and slaves cannot have hope. Slaves are commanded to just obey. And that's, I believe, why they have done everything in their power. My arrests were showcases. It was a political theater. There was no need to arrest me using anti-terrorists. The simplest way to arrest someone is to send a message to the lawyer saying you're, there's a warrant for your client's arrest. Can you make sure he turns himself in? There will be no drama. There will be no theater. There will be no nothing. I'll have to turn myself in. There's no other option. But everything they did, they did it um, making a, a theater, sending a message to everybody else. Look, this guy is a pastor and he was telling people no guns, no swords, but he's arrested in the middle of a highway on his knees. He's coming from United States and he's immediately arrested for nothing stepping out of the plane or going to a rally or coming from a protest in the middle of snow. Look, 
when um, disclosure were given to us, I learned that I was monitored. I'm still being monitored, but at that time I was monitored for a week uh, by the anti, um, you know, undercover police officers outside of my home. Wow, the resources, the millions of dollars that has been given to hunt down a man of peace, a man that just simply is reminding the government and the mainstream media that there's something that we call it the criminal code of Canada. I'm reminding people that there's something that is called constitution and we were supposed to have fundamentally guaranteed rights. And because I am reminding people that we were supposed to have the, those rights, now I am the enemy of the state craziness it's all across the board you know as michael the show we had last week the medical assistance and death in canada they've recorded up to thirty-five thousand canadians that they've euthanized all the way down to babies and then they stopped recording it because written consent was no longer given they just changed the law now it's verbal consent and in british columbia the last i checked it's 162 days to get a kneecap replacement but They'll murder you in 90 minutes if you walk in and just ask for medical assistance and death, harvest your organs, and then sell those organs to vaccinated people whose organs are failing. Yes. It's just that yes. whole cycle which continues along, including the pedophilia in the children's classrooms. And so as Archer continues to make it so eloquent, poignant, as well as righteous, if a pastor goes to prison, you're next. And that's literally what this is about and it's not just about canada this is about everywhere else especially america you've seen january 6 yet canada australia and new zealand have had some of the most criminal lockdowns and virtues taken away from them and like i shared with uh, michael on his show last week arthur just a few days prior to that show i did with michael i was down at the american border and we were having a chat and in order for me to go back, because now I've presented myself, we're having a chat, in order for me to go back to Canada, because of what's going on here, I they had to give me a sworn statement to sign because, and I believe they didn't voice this, but this is almost what was articulated, I had to release them from liability because they said, do you fear persecution returning to Canada? I said, yeah, generally, yes. Will you return today? Yes. Well, then you need to sign something that says that you don't. And so I had to put no, not today. And then the second part of that sworn statement, Arthur said, do you fear harm if you return to your country? I said, yeah, generally, but I'm still going back. And then I had to put no, not today. That's the only way that was presented to me that I could sign it in order to be allowed to go back, which I believe released those customs officers from any liability because they know what's going on here. Not to say America, by the way, the US government corporation, you know, is, is free and good. We know that these NGOs, the American corporation, the Canadian Crown Corporation, registered in 1861, Securities Exchange Commission in Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C. These NGOs have set themselves up to make us all human slaves, as Arthur has put it. But the same thing, too, right? They have that Gestapo arm, the weaponized FBI version, the weaponized RCMP, the weaponized City of Calgary police, which your son Nathaniel has just run into in returning from European Parliament almost four weeks ago with your wife, where he spoke out in European Parliament. He received a standing ovation and applause. You delivered a speech to the European Parliament by video because of your house arrest. And when he landed from Brussels back to Montreal, 
the Canadian customs agent said, well, your passport's been flagged for a warrant and it was a bylaw warrant in the city of Calgary. Yet he's landing on Canadian soil in Montreal and his passport's flagged for a bylaw because he violated two counts, which was literally reading the Bible during a drag queen story time, which was given at the city library in Calgary, surrounded by peace officers, which seemed to be more or less protecting the naked and half-naked men that were shaking their genitalia and little children's faces. You wanna share with us a little bit more about that and why if people can't be riled to stand up now and call the phone numbers below and sign the petition, why they should at very least listen to this because this is your son. And how old is Nathaniel, by the way? It's 23, I have three children and um, I have been warning Canadians um, since 2005. My story with the Canadian um, corruption started 2005 when I was feeding the homeless people and uh, police and the bylaw services came and they said that uh, right now in Canada you're not allowed to feed the poor there's actually a law that says giving free goods and services is prohibited by law distribution of printed material bibles gospel tracts is prohibited by law congregating I even received ten thousand dollars tickets for having an offensive sign that said Jesus loves you Jesus is king. So uh, this has been going on for a while. Um, I faced over 300 citations at that time and over 100 court cases, 11 arrests. And I won in 2015 uh, with um, a ruling from the Supreme Court. Um, so I have been taken through this craziness uh, back and forth. And I think that's why they hate me also so much. That's why they are so focused on finishing me, finishing me off. Um, you know, I've never met a man that had more tickets than I received, 340 tickets and uh, 120 court cases. I mean, it's, it's total insanity. So here is the thing. Um, right now, they're passing laws which are very anti-Christian laws, and they're creating two categories of people. If you're a groomer of the children, if you're a pedophile, uh, if you are a criminal, then you are above the law. You can do things that normal people cannot do it. For example, you can strip yourself naked and walk on the streets of your city and you will be perfectly protected by the police because that's your freedom of expression. As a homosexual or transgender, you are welcome to do that. If I did that, I would be arrested and thrown in prison because that's a criminal offense, indecent exposure. So you have two categories of peer uh, of, of Canadians right now. Uh, those that the government agrees with, you know, and the Canadian government agrees with pedophilia. Actually, they want to lower the consent. They want to make it legalized. And that's what the whole thing is all about, to legalize sex with children. They have been working on this for a very long time, Canadian parliament. Um, and also to vilify anyone that dares to oppose them. So the Christians are natural target because pedophilia, the Bible says that it would be better for you to take a, a millstone around your neck and throw yourself into the water. Um, it, Bible says it's an abomination, homosexual act, transgenderism, and all that filled the grooming of the children and stripping yourself naked and marching, parading in pride. Uh, what is this? What this has to do with freedom? Well, I mean, I don't ask you what you do in your private chamber. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know. That's your personal thing. But I say to you, if you have an urge 
to show to the whole world and especially children what you do in your bed, you're a pervert in my books and in God's books. You're a pervert, full stop. So this type of talk right now is criminalized. And of course, my son, Nathaniel, has become vocal uh, during this time because the Canadian governments, municipalities are uh, passing laws. And one was passed by uh, the Witch of the West, as she's being called right now, Judy Gondek. Judy Gondek is the mayor of Calgary that stole our election by using Dominion machines. Of course, you Americans, you get that, um, what Dominion uh, machines uh, mean. Uh, so she was a nobody. No one heard about her. No one knew her. And suddenly she is the most popular um, a politician in the country and she wins and she becomes the mayor a woman that no one knows uh, using the dominion machines and the most popular people that were leading in the polls they didn't win um so anyway the witch of the west judy gondek passed a law that you're not allowed to protest whatever she deems untouchable you're not allowed to protest so she passed a law that criminalizes a, a, a lawful otherwise under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, under the Constitution, under the Criminal Code of Canada, a lawful protest. So Nathaniel decided to go and do it anyway. He was outside. The grooming of the children was happening inside the library. They were on a public sidewalk outside opposing this. And the way we Christians, I know, we don't blow people's heads off. We don't chop uh, with swords people's heads off. That's another group of people. We Christians oppose tyranny by being vocal peacefully reading the bible preaching the gospel that's how we fight evil in the land when there is a lie we bring the truth that's how we fight it well that's unacceptable according to them so nathaniel was detained and charged with two counts the first one was harassment because he read the bible and the second is illegally participating in prohibited protest under this bylaw so anyway um, they charged him and we were heading for the court. But in the meantime, I was invited to testify uh, before the European Parliament. But because I'm on a house arrest, I couldn't go. I sent my wife to represent what is happening to us and my son, Nathaniel. So he did uh, deliver the message. My video was played over there. Um, he told me later that the whole room was crying. The members of parliament were crying. They gave them a standing ovation. It was very well received. And then on the way back in Montre Montreal, he was detained with my wife. They were uh, interviewed or questioned, interrogated. Everything was searched. They were all searched. And then Nathaniel was told and the officer showed him a computer that this uh, his passport was flagged because there is a warrant for his arrest uh, by a Calgary police for participating in the protest so that's why i activated my friends and i said come on now they're coming after my boy they want to intimidate him harass him and punish him because he stood in my behalf in parliament in europe so that's a penalty now they're coming after him and guess what it's a very interesting story because i hired a lawyer uh, Brandon Miller, by the way, the one that was representing the truck convoy in Ottawa, I hired him. He's a constitutional lawyer, uh, $10,000 retainer, $525 per hour. So it's it's a, another in, 
craziness insanity uh, but he needed a lawyer what do i do you know i have to fight for my family and um the story went viral actually the story of his potential arrest became more viral than his speech which reached millions of people in parliament and guess what calgary police issued a statement saying we have no idea what you're talking about there's no warrant for Nathaniel's arrest what we didn't know at that time that they were lying now since we hired a lawyer we have a new information that there was of course there was a warrant i mean uh, customs don't make stuff up like this um especially on a computer and uh, i was asked uh, i was told by my wife and nathaniel and the you know uh, how they were treated and they said you know what they were they were decent men there was no abuse there was no harassment there was they just did their job because of Natanya's passport being flagged so they were good they were good officers they had no reason to lie about this and they showed Natanya that there is an actual warrant so later on a few days later our lawyer said that there was an actual warrant but now the courts are claiming it was a mistake it was a um, clerical error as they are calling the uh, Nathaniel arrived in Calgary in the middle of the night on Saturday, from Friday to Saturday. And on Tuesday, he had to go to the courts because that was a date for him to plead either guilty or not guilty. So right now, as the story stands, he pleaded not guilty and we're heading for a court. They are waiting, the lawyer is waiting for disclosure uh, from the um from the officers um so the story is very live is is still there and they're not stopping you know soviets and the gestapo of all the nazis they always had the same modus operandi if they couldn't hurt a father a man they were always coming after his wife or children i remember the stories when i was growing up behind the iron curtain uh well maybe we will not do anything to you but you know what can happen to your wife we know where she works you know what can happen to your 13 year old daughter you know what we can do to her so you better smarten up or we can do some other things that you will not like that's what canadian government is doing right now freezing of the bank accounts mine was frozen for a month and a half and then the bank says oh oops there was uh there was a mistake that's how they fight they're dirty corrupted to the core wannabe tyrants wannabe pharaohs caligulas of of today so th let this be a warning to america and to everyone else if a shield a people like us if we go down there will be nothing stopping those villains from going after you and children. And I remember all those years I was warning Canadians and I said, listen, they're coming after the parents now. They're coming after me. But be sure of it. Sooner or later, they will come after your children. That's just how it is. That's history. And now we are witnessing this in front of our very own eyes. We must smarten up. And you know, I'm a little bit saddened by some of the key players in America, why there is no massive rallies for the January 6th people. There should be millions of Americans outside of 
uh, you know, in Washington, D.C., surrounding White House, demanding those, every single one of them should be released on bail. You got charges against them. I get it. Let the system play its, its game, but release them to their homes, release them to their families. It should be innocent until proven guilty. There should be millions of Americans around the Capitol or around, um, you know, White House demanding immediate release of those people because as long as they are there as long as they can be kept there without a trial you're next and the freedom of your children is in jeopardy and i think that fully americans do not comprehend what is really happening and i just want to say this to you in my books you are the heroes you risk your lives going to other countries and fighting for those people's freedom. And now look at you, look at all of us today. Now we are being attacked by the enemy from within. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a, a separate government uh, that we never voted in. Like you're talking about this being all the elections are being stolen. So we, we have to, at some point, I believe, uh, stand up and rise up and push back on it. Nigel Farage. So it first happened in Canada where they started seizing bank accounts. Nigel Farage, who pushed Brexit for England, they froze in his bank account. Same thing happened here in America. Uh, Dr. Mercola, who pushed back on the vaccination program, his bank account was just seized by uh, Chase and his all the people that he worked with and his children. So it's not it's not just Canada. They start it somewhere like Canada, Australia, wherever they start it, they get away with it. Yes. Even though you guys have been yelling and screaming, trying to wake everybody up. And then it goes around the world because it starts somewhere. They get away with it and it, it gets pushed. So we have to push back on this uh, this illicit evil government. You're 100 percent right. I just want to add this to to this um Evil never stops on its own. And I think that's what people do not understand. Evil is like a cancer. Evil is like a cancer that spreads throughout the body. It has to. It must be cut off. If you don't cut it out, it will kill the entire body. We are witnessing evil that I don't think we have ever seen because it's globally. And this cancer is literally not just destroying us, but now our children. We must cut it out. And the only way I know how to do it is just keep preaching, keep speaking, keep warning, and keep begging people, please rise up. In a court on August the 9th, if 100,000 people would show up, it would, it would be over for the tyrants. I mean, they are not capable of dealing with such a sheer numbers of people that are voicing their dissatisfaction with the totalitarian regime. But you know what I observed is when they opened restaurants and hockey games, it kind of like people went back and it's like nothing, nothing to see here. It's not happening anymore. Kumbaya, it's all good. It's all nice. Let's just go back to our lives. They don't realize that this is just a brief pause, that they are doing stuff behind, implementing, cooking some other thing that will pant on the people 
unsuspected people and this time perhaps will finish them off i've never seen a bigger elimination of the middle class ever attempted in the history of mankind the middle class people are being uh, attacked without mercy being eliminated um, because they're creating two categories of people extremely powerful the elites that will they will own everything will fly private jets they will be eating japanese steaks and driving suvs but for us for you they have a message you will own nothing you'll be a good slave you will be eating worms and crickets and you will be riding on bicycles in minus 35 just like we have here in calgary so you better smarten up or like my brother says canadians wake up and smell coffee while you still have coffee yeah definitely and so archer the best way for people to stand up so just in solidarity for you right now which by the way just for standing in solidarity for one individual is also a message to the world that you're not just standing for one individual it's what what that individual represents for example if one person stood up and then a hundred stood up for jesus and then a hundred thousand stood up for jesus would that crucifixion have happened divine by god yes but just imagine the message that sends to those caliphate, to those evil Satanists that are still trying to push you underneath your thumb. And you mentioned 50,000 communists controlled 36 million people until the people said no more. And that's exactly what it is. So on August 9th, where is the hearing? As well as remember people here in the chat on this broadcast and below the description, whether you're watching it, or you're listening to the podcast, you can sign the petition from anywhere in the world, share it on socials then, and phone the premier, Daniel Smith, her phone line, and then phone the justice minister and say, no more, free Arthur Pavlowski. And then attend on August 9th, everybody, wherever you can. It's Calgary, is that where the hearing is? Or is it all the way back down in Coots where they had the Coots for? In Alberta. Yeah, so here's a very interesting uh, twist in the story that the judge is a specially appointed judge from completely different city. He was handpicked to do this. He is from Medicine Hut, but the trial is in Ledbridge. We have uh, uh, judges in Ledbridge, but you see they handpick those that they want to use, the useful idiots, uh, the minions of the devil, those that um, can be easily bribed or scared or made to do that. Um, so this a judge came from Medicine Hut, and the trial or the sentencing is happening on August the 9th, 11 a.m. Um, and um, in the city of Lethbridge. We will be there earlier. Uh, we're going to have a church service before mm -hmm. the sentencing. So you're welcome to come and attend. And that sends a message to the politicians. The only thing the politicians are fearing is a shining light on their corruption. They're scared of that. And they should be, because when the eyes of the people one day will be open, and finally the people will realize what those politicians did to them, I'm telling you, they're going to grab pitchforks. And those people will be running for their lives if the fathers and the mothers will realize that their babies, their children were literally murdered by the so-called representatives. I wouldn't want to be them. And one day this is going to happen. I think one day the people will realize what was done to them was a genocide because that's what it is. Um, also, people can help us 
um, surviving this because I don't know if I'm going to prison. I don't know for how long if I go to prison. Um, my family has to survive this, but the legal fees has to be paid and, and the fight will continue. Uh, go to the streetchurch.ca website and support us. Uh, send emails, send uh, telephones, um, show up if you can. Streetchurch.ca. Streetchurch.ca is the website that you can um, you can um, donate and, and support my family. And now, of course, Nathaniel's lawyers, which are uh, absolutely crazy expensive, but that's just how it is. It's by design. Poor people cannot defend themselves, and that's how they like it. The system loves people to be enslaved and poor because then they can do whatever uh, they want. But together, in solidarity, together, when we come together in unity, it's over for the villains. It's over for the villains. I know I have no problem to fight Goliath, the giant, with what God has given me. But in the end, I need the army. I need the Israelites, all of the people, all of the soldiers to chase the uncircumcised Philistines. One David couldn't do it. It took the entire army to chase the Philistines for days and take and, and take you know, the spoils of the war. Um, so be counted in the army. Don't just sit on the fence. I had this vision, I'll share it with you. Um, a half a year before this big lie, uh, God gave me a vision and I saw a fence and I knew that the fence is representing the entire world. And I saw people sitting on the fence and then I saw two powerful hands of God and he grabbed that fence and he violently shook it and he kept shaking the fence. And I saw people falling to the left and to the right, but God did not stop. He kept shaking until no one was sitting on the fence. And then he spoke to me and he said, when I'm done shaking, everyone will have to choose either me or the devil. Friends, remember, the fence belongs to the devil. You must choose. If you're a good person, choose to stand with God and his righteousness and the people that are fighting for the future of our nations. And if you're evil, then I get it. Then go and serve the Pinocchios of today, the Fauci's, the, the Bidens and the Clintons and Obamas, the wicked demon-possessed psychopaths that are murdering uh, and they have hands dripping with blood of the innocent. But one day you will be accountable for everything you said and everything you did. So um, join the army of God, join the truth. And the truth, the Bible says, will set the captives free. And as we wrap up here, and thank you, Archer, we'll go to final comments. I would just like to ask you a question for Canadians. What former prime ministers and what current politicians have supported your cause and have stood up and spoken out on your behalf? Zero. Nothing. No. I mean, I have some friends and um, uh, counselors, but um, from members of parliament or MLAs, provincial government, zero. Not one not even single one that is defending our rights. It's all political theater. It's all a game. And even when they were saying that they are for us, like Premier Daniel Smith, that before she was elected, she says, I'll bring amnesty bill. I'll fight for you. I'll stand. Politicians did this. Political arena will fix it. Um, nothing was done. 
nothing. It was just all political theater to get the seat. She was elected by our votes and abandoned us in the middle of the trials. We're still over 3,000 Albertans are subjected to this tyranny and not one single politician. Again, let me just say this because it's, 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 it's a tragedy uh, from every level that you look at this story. Not single one elected politician is fighting for us right now. We have some politicians that are not elected, some people from other parties that are speaking and standing up, but elected officials, not a single one. All of them should be charged with treason. All of them should face court-martial for genocides that they are participating in. And I think they know it. I think they know that this fight is to the death because the moment the people's eyes and ears will be open, it's over for them. They will literally have to run for their lives when people will find out what has been done to them. And that's what I wanted and I want to avoid. I don't want blood on the streets. I don't want uh, people to turn into those kind of measures. That's why we always had checks and balances. We had the courts that were defending us. We had the media that were uh, paying attention and, and letting uh, people know what's really going on. But all of that, all of that accountability has been lost. All of them are moving forward with a globalistic agenda of destruction, misery, and death. And um, that's why we need God. I mean, that's why I'm turning my life into the hands of the living God, because I don't stand a chance anymore within the system. There's no one that fights for us. So I have to ask God, God, you are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You're still sitting on the throne. Please come to the rescue. We're truly living in a time of the uncircumcised Philistines. And if you will not give us the strength and the power and the smooth stones, we're done. It's finished. It's over. But if God shows up, my friends, the moment God shows up, it's over for the villains. Yeah, yeah government tyranny on a level that's uh, very rarely been seen before in history. And how can, we, how can we push back on that? Just like you're saying, we pray. We pray together and we help each other out as much as we can. So I know that uh, I'm going to be helping out as much as I can. I know a lot of people are going to be uh, helping out. It does make a difference. Uh, a lot of us helped out during the uh, Canadian uh, convoy uh, and, and, you know, they shut down uh, the ability for us to give. And then we found another way to give. So we just kept, kept the money coming. Fortunately for us, they couldn't seize our bank accounts. Uh, so we can continue to give. And I, you know, I hope that uh, Canadians will show up. Uh, if I could get across the border, I would be there. So it's, uh, and who knows, maybe I'll figure out a way. <laughs> but I, I think that you're, you're absolutely amazing, uh, Pastor. Palowski. So I think that uh, from this point on, anyone that's not in solidarity with you, like you, your sign says, they're on the other side. You know, I just want to tell you something uh, very quickly. I know we are running out of time, but um, when I was released from prison, the Canadian government came to my home multiple times or representatives trying to bribe me. 
I was offered $2 million to keep my mouth shut. I was offered a gov government position. I was offered uh, to be elected. I was offered um, to be a chair for a public inquiry, $250,000 a month, uh, a year salary. So they were coming with all kinds of incentives because to them, I'm a human being and, and everyone is for sale. But you see, they don't understand that I have been already bought with the precious blood of Jesus. I'm not for sale anymore because I don't belong to myself. I belong to, to God and I give him the glory for everything that is happening, including the story. Now, for the past two months, I was contacted by people that call themselves the fixers. And they, apparently there was a meeting between Stephen Harper and ex-Prime Minister, ex-Premier Jason Kenney, and also a new um, a groomed um, Prime Minister Pierre Polyev that pretends to be a good man, a conservative. There was a meeting and they, during that meeting was decided that I must be eliminated from the board game. That's how they call it, uh, because I am exposing the hypocrisy and the lies of the conservative party. So here is the offer that they said, if I give them $150,000, $100,000 to them and $50,000 to the charity of their choice, if I withdraw myself from politics and if I will stop talking about the corruption of the political realm, they own the judge, they said, and the judge will release me. I will be able to stay at home. But if I don't, the judge was already ordered to lock me up and put me back in prison. So this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with, with a corruption that Canadians have never, ever seen before. So what I decided to do, well, I'm a Polish immigrant. And I am so much like Americans, I decided to do the opposite. I decided to be vocal. And if they tell me to keep my mouth shut, I climb the rooftop and I'm yelling from the rooftop, exposing what is happening. Um, so I wanted to add that, that this story is, is absolutely insane. It's like a, some kind of a Hollywood production from intimidation, harassment, terrorizing, trying to murder me uh, to bribery and now to coercion and threats again, you know? Um, so anyway, that's what my family is facing and we'll see what happens to me on August the 9th. Well, Michael, I appreciate your support too and of all the amazing viewers and Intuitive Warrior Club and, uh, and having been a member for two years as well. And Pastor, would you mind leading us off in prayer as we close out this oh, yeah. podcast? Thank you. And, uh, and I'll, we'll stay in touch for any updates. And if I can make it there, I will absolutely make it there. You know, they just launched more weather warfare on us. And then they've shut down Osoyoos last night, right? Because they're wow. burning everybody out of Osoyoos Lake. It's coming up to the Okanagan. So the only way to travel is right now by rail or car. But they're shutting down the highways because of the fires, right? Um, at least on my side uh, to get there. And if not, I'll live stream. You you set me up with any of your team. We'll live stream it to my Rumble channel so that we have 22,000 people from around the world watching live at the very at the very least. That's my commitment. But um, and it's up to Michael how he wants to participate. Um, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd love to do that too. That'd be great, definitely. So we'll do a joint live stream, you know, from the court steps of the hearing, and then bring his 108,000 people. So that brings us up to over six figures worldwide, which could watch this live stream and get this word out for you, Arthur, um, on August 9th. Prior to that, would you mind leading us in a prayer? And uh, thank you very much for what you and your family do. And folks, remember, after this prayer, we're going to end the broadcast. We have to move on and, uh, and donate, get active, get involved, make the phone calls, sign the petition and share it.
Well, first of all, Father God, I want to thank you for those gentlemen that you're using to stand up against tyranny, to stand up against the lie. That's what the whole thing is all about. Everything is about the truth. Did God really say? That's how the story pretty much starts. Did God really say the fight is for the truth? They hate the truth because the truth sets the captives free. So, Father God, I pray that this truth would penetrate the hearts of millions, that the people will be set free, that they would understand that no matter what the evil can do to them, that there is hope in the end of the tunnel, that God is still sitting on the throne. He has the final say about what is going to happen to us, that he holds us in the palm of his hands. In the name of Jesus, I pray that no weapon forged against us shall prosper. I pray that no lying tongue will prevail. I pray, Father God, that your will will be manifested in our lives. Not the will of the enemy, not the will of the minions of the enemy, but your will. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and Father for everything, I give you glory and honor. And I thank you that you have chosen us to be representatives, to be able to say that my God is the God and besides him there is no one else, that he is the Alpha and Omega, that he is the beginning and the end, that he is life itself, that he is truth. So Father God, I thank you for this opportunity. And... Um, and Father, I pray you would bless the man and bless anyone, everyone that is standing up for your truth so others can hear it, so others can be set free. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Oh, that's beautiful. God bless, gentlemen. Folks, Thank we will you. see you shortly.